Exodus 21 through Exodus 24 is, is the scriptures that come right after God gives the Ten Commandments. This, this portion from Exodus 21 to Exodus 24 in Hebrew is called mishpatim. It means the civil law. What that means in Hebrew is, is God has just given all of us the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not worship idols, no other God. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not fornicate. Thou shalt not steal. He gives us the Ten Commandments, and then right after the last commandment, he gives the mishpatim, the civil laws, and those civil laws, now look at me, are what our courts are based on. It's what happens if somebody works for you and they get injured or if somebody does something and takes your in. It's the laws on how we are to treat each other. It's, it's, what, it's, 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 it's what all of the world, the, the, the civilized world's courts are based on is this Torah portion right here. Now, now, now look at me a second. Before, I'm going to show you something here that's, that's life-changing. The rabbinical teaching is, is that the sign that a nation is no longer living under the teaching of the Ten Commandments will be seen in their civil courts. When people start suing each other, when there's no need to sue, it's a sign that we have not learned the first of the Ten Commandments. We live in a society that, that, that lawyers will try to talk you into suing somebody. And even Christians will sue somebody. Not because, now, there's nothing wrong with suing somebody if they have wronged you and done this and stolen your stuff and, and they're not doing what's right. But we live in this society which lawyers just want people to sue. And if you lose, you lose. But if you win, you win but they're going to get something anyway. We live in a day and age in which people are suing McDonald's because the coffee's too hot. Right? We live in the days in which people are, uh, are suing for just, we got billboards. You want to sue somebody? Call me. Christians are being sucked into this. America's being sucked into it. And God says this is a sign when we see this portion of the Torah being, being destroyed in the courts, it's a sign that the nation is no longer under the Ten Commandments. Think about this. Our government's thrown the Ten Commandments out of the schools and out of the courts. And when they threw the Ten Commandments out of the schools and out of the courts, we have become a lawless nation. Now, here's the thing that Christians say. Christians say, but we're not under the law. Ten Commandments, civil law, we're not under the law, we're under grace. And that is becoming worse and worse all the time. Read with me in Matthew chapter, because this is, you, I'm going to tie this all in. It's, it's abs- what I studied today is absolutely amazing. Matthew chapter 5, look at verse 13. God is saying, Jesus is saying here, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing 
but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to destroy the law. I did not come to destroy the law or the teachings of the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. What that literally says in the original transcript is, I did not come to do away with the Torah, the law, the Ten Commandments, but I came to teach you how to live it. Look at verse 18. For assuredly, say assuredly, this is a sure thing I say to you, till heaven and earth passes away, not one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Now, we, we, every one of us knows the scripture, but as we begin to study everything in Hebrew, it makes a whole, a, a, a whole lot more sense. Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law. The word law means a path. It means, it means the, 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 the quickest way to get to the blessing of God. What's the quickest way for me to get to that door? Here or around there and back around. The quickest way is the path. Even if I went over here and climbed the obstacles, somebody going up the path would get there quicker than me. Are you with me? In Judaism... A, a, you've seen you've seen the Torah that we bring out on uh, on Shabbat. That to, that that Torah is over 400 years old. It's handwritten. Some scribe wrote the entire Torah by hand on that lambskin. It probably took him a year to do it. Had he got down to the last line of that Torah? And made a mistake on a jot or a tittle, which is like a comma or a semicolon. Had he made a mistake and put it in the wrong place, it would have nullified all of the rest of the Torah. It would have not been kosher anymore. When the enemy comes in and starts us nullifying the teachings of God, it is a domino effect. And pretty soon, it's nullifying all of God's teaching. It wasn't long ago when I was... And and, and let me say that again. If the scribe was writing the whole Torah, this is what Jesus is saying right here. And he's worked on it a year. And every line, every every word is, is, is exact. And he gets down to the last line after a year of of writing this by hand and he puts the jot or the tittle in the wrong place that changing of that word will change how the whole rest of the torah reads now we don't understand that because because we don't read it like they do but remember i told you there's four levels of studying the word of god 
And we don't have to get into all that. I'm going to give you a little bit of deep stuff tonight. But if you change one word, it ends up changing the next word a little bit and the next word a little bit. And pretty soon it's a whole... How many have ever seen it where one domino falls and then you've got a whole fan of dominoes fall? Okay, that's what Jesus is saying. Don't change one jot or one tittle. And you say, well, how can that happen in the church? You know, it wasn't long ago when we'd watch television and Ozzie and Harriet would be in separate beds. Right? Today we got pastors sleeping in different beds. And beds they ought not be sleeping in. We got church members committing adultery. And it's kind of got, well, it doesn't matter. Well, how did that happen? We didn't go from Ozzie and Harriet to HBO overnight. It's been one domino, one little change at a time, one little change at a time. Now, I'm going to show you something that's, that, that unless you, you, you read Hebrew, you've never seen before. But are you seeing what I'm saying? Okay, this month is the month of Adar. You are, you are pregnant. It literally means the pregnant month. You are pregnant with the miracle of God. But we have to follow what God is saying or we'll abort, abort the miracle God wants to give us. How many don't want to abort it but want to birth a whole new financial miracle? This, listen, God will bless us three months from now financially, but he'll never bless us this way. This is a window that's passing by that will not be here again till next year. I need a better amen than that. All right, now watch this. People say, well, we're not on the law. Jesus said, I did not come to do away with the law, but I came to show you how to live it. Now go with me in the book of Acts chapter 15. In Hebrew, in, 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 in the, say, the ancients of the Bible, there are four levels to studying the word of God. There are four levels to studying it. And we won't go into all that, but I'll give you, I'll give you something that you can understand. Say, well, but, but that's Judaism and not Christianity. It is Christianity. First, you drink the milk. Then when you drink the milk, you get to get what? The meat. You have to have milk before you have meat. But look at me. If you can't digest the milk, you can't move on to strained vegetables. And if you can't digest the strained vegetables, you can't move on the soft food. And if you don't move on, if you can't move on the soft food, you can't move on to meat. Most of the church is still spitting up the milk. Now I'm going to uh, this. I'm going to prove this to you in, the, in this week's Torah portion. But it's it, it most m- most churches, most Christians are 20 years old with a one year experience. But if we want to move on, then it's time for us to grow up. We, we ought to, how many believe we ought to be living and acting and, and, and walking different today than we did the first year we got saved? You know, when I got saved, I went out and bought a bag of dope, celebrate getting saved, you know, was, was, was living with two girls. How many believe after 32 years that ought to have changed a little bit? 
But some folks are still smoking the same dope, still robbing God, still stealing, still gossiping, still backbiting, still fornicating. And we use this, and we're using this more and more all the time. Well, I'm not under the law. But we are. We're saved by grace. But now that we're saved by grace, everybody say grace. God has put us on the law, the Torah, so we can get to his blessing. Are you with me? In, in, in rabbinical study, it, it, it's, it, I'll say it the, the easiest way in English. It's one step and then another step and another step. Can you imagine if the day I got saved... God spoke the day I got saved. The day I got saved, I got hair down to here. I got needle marks in my arms. Uh, I, I'm living in a hippie commune. I'm, um, I'm, I'm trying to quit smoking cigarettes, so I'm rolling 10 joints a day so I don't smoke cigarettes. Don't look at me like that. And the day I get saved, God says, now I want you to learn to speak and read Hebrew. How many believe that I had to be faithful here and then faithful here and then faithful here and then faithful here? Paul, what what does the scripture say? He said, first the milk, then the meat. When I was a child, I thought as a child. I talked as a child. I walked as a child. But now I'm older. You know, the problem in in most marriages is we got 50-year-old people still acting like they're 15. Time to grow up, Right? Okay, it, it's, it's, you know, uh, uh, you, you see a baby in the supermarket and it wants a candy bar and it throws itself down on the ground. You know, mom needs to place the board of education on that seat of learning. And he, but so, so, so but what, what about when you're 35? Well, hopefully you don't throw yourself on the ground, but you punch the walls and you cuss people out and stuff. Same thing. You just haven't grown up. It's the same thing in the church. God takes us as we are. Somebody say grace. Grace. But once we're saved, now we are to work at our salvation because salvation is not just being forgiven. We're forgiven by grace. But how many like some blessing to go along with your forgiveness? There are things we've got to do and things we've got to stop doing. Right? Well, I'm saved by grace. Yes, you're saved by grace. Now, you can go through hell while you're here on earth, or you can have God birth this month a brand new miracle in your life. Birth a brand new miracle. Are you ready? Okay. In, 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 once again, in Hebrew, it, it, it simply put, put in English, because it won't make sense to you in Hebrew, it means to take one step at a time. One step at a time. Okay, if I want to get to the back door, I, I can't just be at the back door. I got to go here. Once I'm there, I got to go here. Once I'm here, I got to go here. But if I start doing this, the prize is still there, but I'm backsliding. Doesn't mean I'm going to hell. It just means I'm missing my blessing. Are you with me? I got half of you saying amen and half of you going, what time is it? All right, look at Acts chapter 15, verse 15. And with this, the words of the prophets agreed, just as it is written, after this I will return and rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, 
And I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up so that the rest of mankind may see the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name. All right, now let me stop you right there. Most of you know this, but in case there's a visitor, people say all the time, God's going to rebuild the temple, rebuild the temple, because it's, it's said that in, 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 in some of our translations, which are wrong. When Jesus comes back to Jerusalem, he is not rebuilding the temple. He is rebuilding the tabernacle. The tabernacle of David is the only tabernacle in the history of the Bible who did not have a wall separating the Jews from the Gentiles. The tabernacle of the David had anointed music that was supernatural. That was supernatural. And, and, and I don't know if I'll be, get, be able to get into it, but there's a tremendous teaching about an anointing that will come on music this month that will take us to a whole nother level. The tabernacle of David had no wall. Jew and Gentile were all mixed together. It's the only one. Every other temple had the Gentiles that believed in Jesus and, or believed in the Lord and the Jews that believed in the Lord. The other one was that God was walking amongst his people, manifesting his miracles, not just at certain times, but continually. This is what's going to happen, what we call in the church the latter rain. Before Jesus rebuilds the physical tabernacle in Jerusalem, what's God going to do? He's going to rebuild the spiritual tabernacle. Everything God does is two-part, right? What is it? Physical and spiritual. Everything God does is physical and spiritual. Before Jesus rebuilds, rebuilds the tabernacle in Jerusalem, physically, the Gentile will come back to the Torah and rebuild the tabernacle spiritually that will tear down that wall and the Jews will say, I can be, I can receive Jesus. You're keeping Rosh Hashanah. You're keeping Yom Kippur. You're keeping Shabbat. I can be that. You've got a Jewish Messiah. So the first thing, what we're doing by coming back to the pathway and the Torah and following the scripture is we are fulfilling prophecy that Ezekiel and Daniel and Jeremiah and David dream that they would see. The first thing is we are the people that by doing this are, is tearing down the wall so that the Jews can receive Jesus as their Messiah. Let me ask you something. Do you think there may be a little bit of blessing on that? Do you think maybe God's going to honor that? What did Rabbi Schneerson say? Rabbi Schneerson said the Messiah is ready to come. His, one of his last messages to 10,000 rabbis. Rab, uh, Rabbi Schneerson said the Messiah is ready to come except for one thing. God must raise up leader or leaders amongst the Gentiles that will teach them to keep Passover, keep them to keep, keep Purim, teach them to keep Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot. And when they do that, the blessing of God will be so strong on them that the Jews will see that and they'll say, what's the difference? And we'll be able to tell them about the Messiah and the Jews will be provoked back to jealousy. Don't you think there'll be a blessing on those of us who are going back to the Ten Commandments? Amen? Amen. You know, I I hear too much about uh, uh, the media's persecuting the church. Well, if the church would stop fornicating, if the church would stop stealing the money, 
you know what? I'm glad they expect a higher standard of us. But listen to me. If they expect me not to sleep with anybody but my wife, they expect you not to sleep with anybody but your wife. And you know what? Diane Sawyer may be watching me, but your neighbor and your family and your children are watching you. They ought to expect something more of us. Okay, so so that's the first part. How many believe that if we start doing what God tells us to do and start tearing down the... Don't just listen to me talk about Shabbat. Keep Shabbat. You know what I was reading the other day? The rabbinical teaching said, if, if, if the world cannot steal from us Shabbat, they can never steal God. They could come in and shut down our church and tell us it's illegal. But if we have taught our children that no matter where you're at or what you're doing, when that sun sets on Friday night, you welcome in the light of God. Hitler, Hitler said, if we can stop them from doing Shabbat, we can keep God from the earth. One of the Ten Commandments is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We'll meet on Sunday, but Sunday's not the Sabbath. Sunday's fishing day. Sunday's the day I throw my net out. Last Sunday, 75 fish were caught. Brand new fish caught. But Friday night is the Shabbat. Now watch this. Okay. All right. Verse, uh, verse 18. Know to God from eternity all his works. Therefore I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God. But that we write to them to abstain from things polluted, from idols, from, from fornication, from eating things strangled, and from drinking blood. Now let me ask you something. Anybody got any problem with not drinking blood? One step. Okay, anybody got any problem with strangling animals? There's the blessing. We're closer, aren't we? Okay, anybody believe we ought not fornicate? If you don't have a ring on your, if she doesn't, if you don't have a ring on her finger and her one in your nose, you don't sleep with her. Oh, but we're engaged. No, you're in heat. Until you say I do, you don't. Until you say I do, you don't. We're not under the law. Yes, you are. That is a law of God, and Christians ought to obey it. Okay, so it says don't, don't eat things polluted by idols. How many believe you ought not have idols in your house? One of the main reasons people coming out of other religions that get born again get all kinds of sickness and marriage problems, they still got Mary and the statue in their home, or they got a dead Jesus hanging on a cross. Get rid of that stuff. No graven image. Those things are an open door to an evil spirit. 
Every nation that's involved with idolatry, every nation that's involved with, 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 with worshiping Mary or any of those, I got nothing against Mary, but Mary is not the Savior. Every nation that's involved with those has violence, poverty, and moral and marriage problems. It's a curse. And I, I, I got to move on. I got, there, do you understand? Well, look what it says. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Verse 21. For Moses has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city being read in the synagogues every Shabbat. Now, look what's happening. Let me give this to you real quick because I'm not even getting the good stuff yet. The leaders of the the leaders of what we call the church, and look at me, in the days of Jesus and in the days of the apostles, and for the most part, for 325 years, there was not a synagogue and a church. It wasn't two separate built. There were no. There wasn't the thing of building churches until until the Roman Empire Constantine. So here's all the leaders of of the Christians, and they gathered together and they said, "What are we going to do? All these Gentiles are coming in. Every Jew has been raised up, whether they're following or not. They've been raised up under the Ten Commandments." Here all of a sudden these Gentiles come in who are worshiping, worshiping Esther and worshiping uh, uh, pagan gods and, and sacrificing babies and, and gods of fertility and all these pagan things. And all of a sudden they receive Jesus, but they come in the church just like me, didn't know anything, didn't know anything. And so they get together and they say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? These guys don't know anything. Well, just like today, in those days, there were people who were bound by legalism. How many know that there are people who love Jesus, but they're bound by legalism? Amen. You can spot them in the airport when I travel. I can, I can show you the Pentecostals. You can spot the Pentecostals. No makeup, hair all up in a bun. Dress down to here, sleeves to here, collar to here. The pastor's got 1972 polyester bell bottoms on. Those shoes haven't seen a shine since they came out of the store. And they take things and they, you know, well, if you don't get baptized, you're not saved. If you wear makeup, you're not saved. If you, if you do this, you're not saved. No, we are saved by grace. When it says we're not under the curse of the law, the curse of the law is man-made laws. There's nothing that says women can't wear makeup. That's man-made. Ladies, wear makeup. Please. Here they come in, and they said, what are we going to do? These, these people don't know anything. Now, now picture somebody... There's no television, no radio, no newspapers, no books, no nothing. They, they, they know nothing. They know nothing. And they're doing everything wrong. And so they said, what are we going to do with them? Well, the legalist came in and said, well, they got to be circumcised. They got to do this. And he said, you know, don't, don't bind people up with things that our fathers couldn't even do. They, they took, the, they, for, for example, circumcision. They took the teaching. A child was to be circumcised on the eighth day. 
But then they took it to the extreme that if somebody was 55 years old and they received the Lord, then they had to be circumcised. And, and they, took, they took all the revelation and turned it into ritual in every area. And so this is, why, this is why the leaders say, we don't bind them up in that. But watch this. He said, let's start them with this. The purpose, they're on the road. Amen. They're saved. Amen. But the purpose is to get them to all the blessing of God. So let's put them on the road, but let's give them these things. Let's start them off with with the milk. Let's start them off. Don't eat meat strangled. Don't fornicate. Don't worship idols. Don't drink blood. Some of them were drinking blood. Let's put it in our day and age. Don't smoke dope. Don't steal money at work. Work a job, you bum. Don't fornicate. Amen? Amen. Simple, huh? But watch what he says here. This is not where they stop. How many believe there was something more they're going to learn except don't drink blood and don't eat meat strangled? But what does he say? For Moses, the Torah is being taught in all their cities. So they're they're all receiving the Lord. We got them on the path. It's like a, a, a baby learning to walk. You're not going to put a baby learning to walk in the race. But you're not going to keep him from falling down once in a while. That's part of the learning. But if he falls down, you don't kick him. You help him back up. Every Gentile from the time of, the, of Mount Sinai, from the time of, of Noah was given if this Gentile received God as the only God, one God, not a multiple of gods, if they received one, then even a Gentile was given the seven Noahide or the seven laws of Noah to start with. Not to finish, because what did he say? The rest they're going to learn, the rest they're going to learn because Moses is being taught in all their cities, where? In the synagogue, when? On the Sabbath. So they're not going to a different building and meeting on Sunday. They're going back to their cities as a follower of Jesus and being grafted into the teachings of Moses in the synagogue. Now, next Wednesday, I'm going to teach where, where it went from Saturday to Sunday. And I'm going to show you that Jesus worshiped on the Sabbath. Now, I met with, a, just, just so you don't confuse you, and you don't go out and get all legalistic and crazy and start w- growing peyotes and wearing all black and everything. You don't do that. I met with a leading Orthodox rabbi in Jerusalem, Orthodox rabbi, one of the leading in the world that knows that Jesus is Messiah. And he said, Larry, keep having your services on Sunday. Because that's the only time you're going to be able, to, you're going to reach out to the masses of Christians to bring them back to the Torah. Amen. Amen. So here we see that even though we're saved by grace, there are still the commandments that we're to follow. Can I have an amen? amen. Have you ever wondered why it is the Jews are so persecuted? Not just in the Holocaust where, where Hitler wiped out half the Jews in all of Europe, six million Jews. In Russia, they were thrown out. In, 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 in Portugal, they were thrown out or murdered. In uh, Spain, the, the Spanish Inquisition, thrown out and murdered. 
you know, why, and I said this when we did the, the, the question and answer today, if you don't like me because of the color of my skin, you're a different color or, or, or you're a different religion, so you don't like me for that, well, that's just plain stupid. Because we are all have the same blood and we're all connected. Every one of us has, has white blood and black blood and red blood and Jewish blood and Gentile blood. There is not one of us that is not connected to the other one. So if you don't like somebody because of the color of their skin, you don't like you. Amen? Why is it Jews are so persecuted? I mean, everywhere you, you go in history of the world, They've tried to kill the Jews. Where did God give the commandments? Sinai. The word in Hebrew for hatred is Sinai. The root word of Sinai is the word hate. And the, the ancients teach that God said to his people, they're going to hate you for this, will you still take it? They're going to hate you for teaching, don't steal. They're going to hate you for teaching, love your enemy. They're going to hate you for teaching, don't worship idols. They're going to hate you for teaching, be moral. They're going to hate you for teaching, love each other. They're going to hate you for teaching, do good unto your brother. They're going to hate you for it. Will you still do it? And they said, Lord, we'll do it. Why do they want to kill the Jews? Because had they wiped out the Jews, we would have never had a Messiah. But after the Messiah, had they wiped out the Jews, we would have never come to where we're at right here tonight, realizing we need to add to our faith their knowledge. Had they wiped out the Jews who are by the word of God, the keepers of the Torah, then you and I would have had Jesus as our savior, which is wonderful, but we'd have never known the knowledge that is going to take us step by step and get us to that blessing and be the people who help bring back the Messiah to rule and reign in Jerusalem. There are 10 attributes of God. There are 10 commandments. In all of the commandments, God breaks them up in 10 groups. Now, Go with me to Exodus chapter 20 real quick. There are 10 sephirots. There are, there are 10 tremendous powers that God want to release into your life. The first one is salvation. Amen. To know God. That is, in matter of fact, that's only about half of the first one. After you're saved, God has, how many, how many believe salvation is pretty good? There are nine more. So God, just like the Gentiles in the Jerusalem Council in Acts chapter 15, God starts us off, and he starts us off with, just like everybody else, the Ten Commandments. When we do one, we get to go to another one. When we do those two, we get to go to another one. When we get to the end of ten... When we get to the end of 10, God will show us 10 more things. These 10 will prove whether we're doing the 10th one before. Let me show it to you. Look, you got Exodus chapter 20? Okay, chapter 20, verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I'm the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. How many believe that's a good one? 
You've taken a step, all right? You shall not make for yourself any carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, that is in the earth beneath, that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor shall you serve them, for I am the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, and I will visit the curses of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation who hate me. You do not bow down to a crucifix. You don't, you don't, you don't bow down to a statue of Mary. You don't bow down. You don't have a, a good luck charm around your neck. I've, I've got a cross and a, and a, and a, and a Moganda Vita around my neck, but that is just so it'll be a witnessing tool for people and for, to remind me it is not a good luck charm. I don't have good luck charms. How many believe you shall not have any graven image and bow down to it? All right. You've taken another step. You shall not take the Lord God's name in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. The number one, the number one sins next to idolatry and Judaism is to take the blessing of God for granted. What does that mean to us? Pray over your meal. Stop. Even I heard a preacher say one time, even pigs grunt before they eat. It doesn't make any sense here, but it's a good, it's a neat thing to say. You ought not be ashamed. One of the worst things to do, this is, let me stop right here. This is why we, one of the, the main reason why we eat kosher. This is why I eat kosher. When I go out, I have to look at that menu. If it's got refried beans in there, I have, I ask the person, is this vegetable refried beans or this lard? Why? Because I'm not going to, it makes me stop and look at all the things I can eat. And I tithe the things that God says not to eat back. It makes me remember. You know, and and I say this to glory be God, even poor people in our country are overweight. We don't realize how good we have it. I pray to God that all of us will have that birth of financial miracle this month so we don't have to feel what other people feel. So we need to not take him in vain. Amen. Amen? All right, let me go real quick. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That is a word of God. And I'm going to go through this real quick. Number 12, on, or, or verse 12, honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which you give you. Look at me. Let me throw this in real quick. Don't you dare let your kids sass you. Because I guarantee you, spank from mom and dad is better than judgment from God. Look, look at this. We don't realize what this says. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord God is giving you. If, you if, we, if we do not honor our father and mother, our days will not be long and good. The best thing you can do is teach your kids to honor mom and dad. Oh, I need a better amen than that. Well, I just can't control them. Y- yeah, you can the heart of a child is full of foolishness, but the rod of correction will drive it far from. My son, Luke, who I'm so proud of, and he's doing well. He's on there running the youth thing. But when he's about 17 years old, he, 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 he. And he didn't know dad was there. And he lips off the mom and, you know, feeling that testosterone. And I walked around the corner and I said, Strike one. I know what bad is, and you ain't it. He said, but he's feeling it, though, you know, and, and they're all going to feel it. They're going to feel it at six. They're going to feel it at four. They're going to feel it at 11. 
But it's your job to train. You know, I don't, don't buy that Hillary Clinton thing. It takes a village to raise a child. No, it don't. It takes a mom and a dad that'll do it the Bible way. So I can say this on Luke because, you know, and they're all going to go through that. Testing you, testing God. If they think, if they can get away with you, then they're going to think they can get away with the police. And they think they can get away with the police, they're going to get away with the courts. And they think they can get away with the courts, they're getting away with God. And God, they're not going to get away with a God. So Luke left, I said, you guys, I'm not. He got all puffy. You know how they get all. And I said, I'm not afraid of you. I said, that's your second mistake. He said, I, 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 I can take you. I said, strike three, son. I said, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to hurt you bad. And I ain't going to fight fair. He repented immediately. He's our youth pastor today, doing phenomenal. All right, look at this. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear fault with against your neighbor. You shall not cover your neighbor's house, and you shall not cover your neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that's in your neighbor's house. Now look at me. There's the Ten Commandments. Then God goes right in to the civil laws on how we treat each other. In every commandment God gives you, the rabbis say it this way, every teaching that God gives us, it is a diamond as a gift from God. And each of these diamonds has 70 different facets to it. When God says, thou not shalt, shall not steal, there are 70 blessings. When thou says, honor your father and mother, there are 70 blessings. But for every north, there's what? A south. For every plus, there's what? A minus. For every blessing, there's what? For every one we do, there are 70 facets of blessing. For every one we don't, there are 70 facets where the enemy can come in and attack us. So think about it. 10 times 70. And then 10 times 70 again. 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 We're talking about the latter rain. And you and I are the chosen generation that are going to see the outpouring of God's blessing. Somebody give me a loud amen. amen. Where do we stop? Where do we start? Have no other God. We don't pray to Mary. We don't. And I'm going to just say this. And if you're, if you're a stranger, come and ask somebody afterwards. We don't pray to Jesus here. We do not pray to Jesus. Jesus said, when you pray, say our. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the. I'm the door. Don't stop at the door. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, bless me. Jesus said, it's finished. And the curtain to the Holy of Holies is ripped open where we can come boldly through Jesus to the Father. Jesus is on the right hand of the Father making intercession as we come boldly with confidence before the throne of God. We've got to realize who Jesus is. Jesus is that high priest that paid the price so that you and I, for the first time in history, can come into the Holy of Holies, sprinkle that blood seven times, and see the blessing of God God come in our lives. Can I have an amen? Don't fornicate. 
Don't, don't, don't go on single dates. I got one amen and she's been married for 25 years. Don't go on single dates. You know, when I was coming off drugs, it probably wouldn't have been a good idea for me to be a guard at the drugstore. I'm on, don't look at me like that. Holy, holy. No, no, no. Hormones in action, hormones in action. So you don't let your kids single date. I didn't get any amends in this section over here. Don't let your kids single date. And they don't need to date until they're 18 or 19 or 20 years old. They don't, well, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is going to hell, too. Quit letting the world tell. Our, we did not let our kids date. And they're all serving God. They're all in church. They all got married virgins. We got one left. Hey, I got one. I got one left. I got one left. Hey, I got one. And they go, how come? You just tell them because pastor said so. I'll be the fall guy. I heard some, I, I, I was just somewhere with somebody in one of the churches. And he said, pastor, pray for my daughter. She's 15 and she's starting to date. Oh, I, it was when you and I were up in, and I said, 15, she's starting to date. I'm praying for you. What's wrong with you? She's standing right there. I said, you know, she don't need to be dating when she's 15. Amen? Amen. Start tithing. If you'll start tithing now, stop trusting the world's ways. Or you want to do it God's way. You want to break that curse? I'll get into the next week, but let me just share this with you. When the Bible says a tenth is a large and those three offerings, those are not yours. You don't even pray over them. You don't even pray about giving them. That is God's. God says you're cursed with a curse. And and I'll get into this more because I don't want to hit it. God does not curse us. God does not curse us. The world is cursed. When you bring your tithe into the church, you circumcise that money. Until you circumcise that money, it is filthy, by the Bible, it is filthy lucre. It is tainted money. But when you circumcise it, You break the covenant with the world and all of its destructions and you connect it to the covenant of God and it removes the curse that's on this world. Amen. Amen.